Welcome everybody to the Progressive Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Lamont, and in this episode, I'm going to talk to you about how to create your very own fat loss diet. So it's just me this week on the episode. Um, Aaron isn't here, so I'm going to run through something that is more my sort of thing that I work with, rather than Aaron, he's more performance and posture based. So kicking things off then, the first and most important rule in creating your fat loss diet is of course calories, okay? So we've got basically three tiers of calories or three different columns in which you can fall into when it comes to calorie consumption. You've got number one, which let's say is in the middle, okay? So that's called your calorie maintenance. If you hit this calorie maintenance target, you're gonna maintain, okay? You're gonna maintain pretty much everything whether it's strength, uh, fat lot, uh, the amount of fat you have, the amount of muscle you have, etc. Unless you're fairly overweight, maybe holding a bit more fat than the average person, there is a possibility of you what's doing what's called body recomp. Okay, so re- using your stored fat basically to build muscle. It's not going to change into muscle, but you are going to use that stored fat. It's going to decrease that fat and it's going to build muscle and you can get leaner. The only thing with that is it takes a lot longer than, say, going into a calorie deficit, which we're going to cover in a minute. So you've got your calorie maintenance. You can lose fat, you can build muscle on it. It's just a whole lot harder, okay? So you're mainly going to maintain. Then you've got your calorie surplus. So this is going above that calorie maintenance line. So with the calorie surplus then, what you're going to do is you're going to eat a little bit more or you're going to move a little bit less than basically what you're burning, which means you're going to be consuming more energy than what you're burning off. This is going to help you build muscle, help you build strength, um, but you will put on a bit of fat also. Now, the one that the majority of people are interested in, that's the calorie deficit, okay? So the calorie deficit then is where you need to be in order to lose fat. Sorry, taking a quick sip of my coffee. So basically no deficit, no fat loss. Although you can body recomp, like I say, it's a whole lot harder and not many people have the patience to do that. So I'm happy to say no deficit, no fat loss, unless of course you're an experienced, trained individual. So we need to get ourselves into that calorie deficit in order to lose fat. Now, There's two ways of doing it or three ways of doing it, if you like. You can either eat less, which is probably the easiest way to go about it. There's the burning more, so moving more, doing more exercise. Um, And then there's the 50-50 split of each. Um, So my favoured method is to decrease calories. For me, personally, anyway. Um, And then... I'll crack on with what I need to do. I'll reap what I sow, if you like. And then once I hit a plateau, I then might start burning more as a way of altering that deficit, if you like. Because I will stall, I will plateau. That's what happens when you go into a calorie deficit um, or if you're on a fat loss phase. So this is what we need to first establish our calorie calories, if you like. What also 
I like to do with people is I like them to download my fitness pal. So if I've got a new client now or somebody's going to be working with me and they want to change the way they look, then I want to say, right, that's cool. Let's keep a food diary. Let's sort of establish a baseline of where you're currently at and what your sort of understanding is with nutrition. Because when you hire a coach, the first thing you do is sort of, well, you don't hire a coach until really you've got rid of all the bad food in your house, right? And then you sort of go on a little bit of a health kick. You buy lots of fruits, lots of vegetables. Um, you start picking your, your brown wheats, you know, brown rice, brown pasta, etc. your brown breads. And you pick plenty of fresh uh, meat and fish. So then we just need to figure out how many calories you're consuming. Now, this length of tracking can be anywhere from a week to a month, okay? What I tend to do is if I meet with somebody and let's say I meet with them to find out about them, have a consultation, I'll have them then keep a food diary perhaps up until the after we finish the first two weeks of training. So it could be that I meet somebody in the middle of the month. They're not going to be starting until the following month. We crack on for two weeks with sessions and then we sort of have a what I call a two-week review. So that's where I might then give calorie targets, protein targets, etc. But up until that point, all I ask them to do is track what they eat in my fitness pal. I don't ask them to hit a goal or I don't ask them to hit certain calories or hit certain proteins or worry about anything. I just tell them to do what they think is the right thing to do. From there, they then majority of the time they lose fat because everybody knows really how to how to eat healthy or healthier or improve their diet it's just the the adherence and the consistency of it that lets people down so that's what we're going to do first off we're going to keep a food diary for a certain amount of time and we're going to establish sort of your habits your routines and we might even get calories out of that as well then what I like to do is I like to use a Haridus Benedict formula to find out what their calories should be. So in order to find out somebody's calories, we need to know the height, the age, the gender, um, weight, and how active they're going to be. So how many times they're going to be going to the gym or training per week. Um, and all that is going to determine how many calories you require. It's not 100% accurate. Um, you can go a little bit deeper and ask for a little bit more information just to get a little bit more accurate with the calories but I don't see the point I don't see it as an essential tool because at the end of the day when you scan a food into my fitness pal and it says 100 calories the chances of that being 100 calories well not always accurate because there's 20% either way so it could be 20% more than what it says or it could be 20% less than what it says nothing is 100% in this world so just to recap up until now, we're going to sort out calories. We're going to make sure that we're in a calorie deficit. For fat loss, we're going to go calorie maintenance. If you're experienced and you want a body recomp or you want to maintain and you just want to be healthy. Or we're going to go into a calorie surplus if you want to uh, gain strength, gain size, muscle, etc. Then we're going to keep a food diary for maybe four weeks. We're going to have a two-week review and then we're going to sort things out from there. And then we're going to work out your calorie intake via the Harris Benedict formula, which can be found online. Once we've done that, we're going to figure out a protein target. Now, a protein target 
can be a bit of a grey area for most people purely because not a lot of people are used to eating a huge amount of protein and that's because we live in a processed world where breakfast is toast or cereal so we're limiting protein there lunch is very few protein it might be a sandwich a bit of ham on there maybe a little bit of tuna but again it's very little amount of protein and then the evening meal then is where the main protein source comes from so most people tend to really only have one and a half um, portions of protein each day it's a bit more coffee Unless, of course, this person's already been in the gym, already done a bit of weight training, then they normally take protein shakes. But most people don't. So we're going to give them a protein target. Now, an ideal protein target is often a lot higher than what people can sort of go to straight away. I like to start people off where they're sort of at, but a li- well, not where they're at, but a little bit further along than where they're at. So for example, if they have protein one and a half times per day, like I mentioned a minute ago, I'll try and get them to have it that double amount. So three times per day. Can they have a protein source at breakfast? Can they improve that protein source at lunch and maybe have a whole tin of tuna? Or can they have chicken breast instead of ham? Or can they have proper ham instead of that wafer thin ham? Perhaps they can switch the bread and not have a sandwich and have maybe some chicken and rice. Sounds boring, but you can spice it and sauce it up. And then the evening meal, like I say, is no problem. So can they do that? And then that normally equates to around about 90 grams per day. Now, for most people, that's still going to be quite um, quite a little amount for what we kind of want. We want, normally want 1.6 grams per kilo of body weight, okay? So if you're resistance training, you want to add a bit of muscle, you want to look athletic once you've dieted down, then... This is the sort of minimum where we want to be, 1.6 to 2.2 grams per kilogram of body weight for protein. But we've got to get there gradually. So we figure out where we're at protein-wise and we increase it ever so slightly. Perhaps you're already getting three quality sources of protein with each meal. You're already hitting roughly 90 to 100 grams per day. And each day you require 150. There I might suggest, can you buy yourself a protein shake? Could you perhaps have... Um, another meal during the day so there's all these options maybe a protein bar some days so you've got three options there and every three days you know you can you know every day you can switch it up every three days if you like so you've got three options it all depends on you as an individual Um, but a protein target I like to think is quite relevant for most people because once they've dieted down they've got this vision of how they look right and it's always sort of athletic-y sort of looking you know some nice sort of shapes within the arms, within the legs, within the back, etc. And that is comes about not necessarily through protein, but the protein is going to help you retain your muscle mass. Um, which once you've dieted down and you start seeing these muscles, that's what gives you that shape and that look, if you like. So the protein is going to help you retain that muscle mass. It's also going to help you keep you satiated for a little bit longer. If you have a quality source at lunchtime, you may then not require, say, a sugary snack in the afternoon it's also going to help you build and repair muscle. So what you're breaking down in the gym is going to help you repair outside of the gym. So we've sorted protein, and then the next thing we're going to look at is meal frequency. So what I mean by meal frequency then is 
Um, how often are you going to have meals or how many meals are you going to have and how often? So the old myth out there is you've got to eat six times a day, little and often, to keep stoking that metabolism in order to lose fat. Now, there's, there's two sides to this coin. There's the, yes, I, I agree with that to some degree, but then there's no, I, I disagree with it. So the bit I disagree with is to keep the metabolism um, up or keep stoking that metabolism, metabolism, if you like. No, that's absolute nonsense. That's not why we're looking at six meals per day, okay? The six meals a day often came about because of bodybuilders. And everybody goes, oh, bodybuilders are in shape. They eat six meals a day. So they're in shape because they eat six meals per day. That's not always the case, okay? So they eat six meals per day because they eat a lot of food. And if they were to have three meals per day, well, they'd have to double the amount of um, calories they'd have per meal. So they're already having, say, 800 calories at a meal, probably 1,000 calories at a meal. Then they're gonna to have to have 2,000 or 1,600 calories per meal. And that's gonna be a lot harder to digest. It's gonna be a lot harder to eat. And they're gonna feel a lot fuller and a lot more sluggish. So it's a little bit easier to just separate them, split them in half, and eat every two to three hours and have smaller meals. Now, what else that helps you do is if you're eating more meals or eating little and often, and let's say it fits your calories, and let's say it's not on chocolate bars and crisps and donuts and cakes, it's fruits and um, you know maybe a handful of nuts at a push. I'm not really a fan of nuts because people tend to overdo them, but fruits in particular, maybe it's a smaller meals, okay? You're gonna be constantly busy with your hands, so you're gonna feel, feel like you're doing something, and not only that, but you're gonna feel fuller, and you're gonna be happier because you feel like you're eating more rather than eating less. A lot of people's perception of a diet is suffering. And they feel like once they start a diet, once they begin a diet, they're gonna be in hell, they're gonna be tortured. And that's not always the case. You know, you've gotta set up your diet in order to win. And you can do that. This is what this podcast is about. It's just following the steps properly and it's being smart. So we need to establish what's the ideal amount of meals for you to have and how frequently you're gonna have them. I personally change it daily so I can go anywhere from four, five, sometimes six meals per day. It depends on the day and depends how busy I am. Ironically, the busier I am, the more meals I have. Because if I've got a really long day in work, and let's say I'm not training until late afternoon, then I want to be adequately fueled for that training session and then clients afterwards. So therefore, I will then make sure that I've eaten enough that day and I will try and split it up rather than having a big breakfast, big lunch, like three hours no eating, then train because I'll just feel awful once I trained. So I like to split it up and have that little bit more. So meal frequency then. How many meals, how often? So what you do is then you divide your calories by say four and then you've got four lots. So if you're eating 2000 calories per day, you've got four meals at 500 calories each. Um, I wasn't sure whether to put this next one on there, pre and post workout. So what I like to do personally is I like to plan my day first thing in the morning while sipping my coffee. And if I'm training that day, I will plan my nutrition around my training. Now, if you're not as into your training as what perhaps I am, then you might not have to do this, okay? Especially post-workout anyway which means after training. So I like to plan my pre-workout, my, my what I eat before I train, because if I don't 
do that, then my training session isn't always the best. And I hate not having a good training session. I feel tired, I feel weak, which is normal in a calorie deficit, but you wanna feel the best you possibly can. So I like to eat two hours before and I like to have a decent meal or a good amount of food, mainly uh, protein and carb-based, minimal fat, um, purely because the workouts that I do are fueled by carbohydrates, not by fats. So by having fats, I'm not gonna be fueling really in my session. I'm just gonna be slowly digesting foods and feel quite sluggish throughout the session. So if I have carbohydrates, it's gonna be fast digesting, bang, put to use in a training session, deplete them, use up all the muscle glycogen, which is your carbohydrates that are stored in your muscle, um, use it and then refuel after workout. And the reason why they're big on me is because my training sessions really knacker me out. And if I've got sessions afterwards, clients, then I wanna be alert and I wanna be on it because at the end of the day, they're trusting me to help them and I wanna be the best I can for them. So I have a good meal afterwards, normally straight after. And sometimes it's something like Rice Krispies and a protein shake. Sometimes it's something like chicken and rice, like a stir fry or something like that. Okay, so again, it depends on the day. So if I'm on a Wednesday, for example, I might have Rice Krispies and a protein shake, then I'll drive home, then I'll wait an hour or two, and then I'll have tea. So I'll have like a bigger meal, like my chicken and rice. But on a Thursday, once I've trained, I've then got like five clients back to back all night. So then I have my chicken and rice straight after training, maybe Rice Krispies as well, just so that I'm adequately fueled for that, um, that section of clients, if you like. So this is why I put pre and post workout in there. So if you're training at lunchtime, what you might want to do is eat around about 10 o'clock, go train 12 to one. You might have a busy afternoon, so you want to get decent food in there after your session, or you might just be going home, at which point you can just have something quick, maybe like a Rice Krispie bar on the way home or something with protein shake, and then have a meal when you get home. So that's another point. The next point then is you're factoring your non-negotiables, okay? It's another sip of coffee. So the non-negotiables, um, this is completely different for everybody. I'm a chocolate lover, so I love to have chocolate in my diet as often as I can. Um, I am lactose intolerant, so I try and limit milk chocolate because it does bloat me and it does give me false readings the next day when I weigh myself and it makes me hold water, etc. So I try not to eat that because it messes with my digestive system. Nothing disgusting. I just get bloated and I swell. Um, so I have dark chocolate, 70% plus, um, and you can pick them up for about £1.29 or 39 from Aldi. You get like five little 25 gram bars and I probably have one of those maybe once a day, once every other day, something like that. Um, and that just keeps me ticking over and I'm happy with that. And I tend to have it when I want it, which tends to be in the evening time. So I can go all day happily. But then when I'm sat down with a cup of tea in the evening watching some Netflix, um, I like to have that chocolate bar, that little mini chocolate bar. That's only like 150 calories. So let's say you're on 2000 calories per day, minus that 150, and then split the rest for your meals. So that's your non-negotiable. It might not be a chocolate bar, it might be a glass of wine, it might be a pack of crisps, it might be that each week you want, um, I don't know, maybe like a burger or something like that. 
So you sort of work around and you fit these things in because the last thing you want to do is make this diet terrible. All right, so you might be putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, adding off, stressful day, and then you binge and then you're back to square one, which is all too common. So by including these foods, it can almost set you up to win, okay? So the next one then is foods you like. So what a lot of people tend to do is when they set up a new diet is they think they've got to eat certain foods because they are healthy, okay? I'm just doing a little air quotes with my fingers. So people think they've got to eat avocados, they've got to eat nuts, they've got to eat um, broccoli, chicken, rice, boring foods, okay? Just because they're typically classed as healthy and all over Instagram. That's not absolute, That's not at all true, okay? What you've got to do is you've got to include food that you like. So if you like those foods, by all means include them, okay? Please do. But if you don't, don't include them. Include things that you like. Ideally, you want to put in as much lean meats and fish as possible. You want to pick carbohydrates that are classed as complex carbohydrates, so things that are going to be um, take longer to break down, like rice, potatoes, sweet potatoes, brown rice, pasta to a degree. I'm not really a fan of pasta because it's quite high in calories for what for the amount of food that you get. But if that's something that fills you, it doesn't fill me. You say I'm starving an hour later, so I tend to avoid it. In most cases, sometimes have it, but if you enjoy it and it fills you and you're happy with the amount that you get for the calories, then that's absolutely fine. You can put that in. Um. So breakfasts, you know, people think, oh, I've got to eat eggs. Not necessarily. You know, you can eat whatever you want. It's just you've got to follow the sort of principles I laid out earlier. You know, is it sort of in your calories that you worked out for your meal frequencies, if you like? So I said earlier, 500 calories four times a day. Does your breakfast fit in that? Has it got a decent amount of protein? Is it a sort of complex carb? Has it got a bit of fruit in there maybe? Um, so you're getting some of your five a day. Just include foods that you like. You know, everybody knows how to eat healthy. You don't need to eat specific foods. You just need to eat smartly and sensibly, okay? Not, if you like, not, you don't always have to eat for pleasure. Eat for purpose. So sometimes I eat plain chicken, plain rice with a bit of barbecue sauce just because it's quick and easy to prepare. Um, Say for lunch the next day, if it's uh, in the evening, and I can't be bothered cooking, I just whip up that real quick, and then I just throw some barbecue sauce on for the next day. But then there's other times when I'll be like, nah, I want something that's you know a bit more tasty, and that tends to be my evening meal, and then I'll cook a little bit for pleasure, uh, but obviously I'll keep um, purpose in mind also. So make sure that your food plan or your, your, um, your fat loss plan or whatever it is, includes foods that you like, because then you're gonna stick to it for longer, all right? That's the key. And then the last one then is sort of, of the note I've written down is follow, rinse and repeat, okay? So you've got to follow your plan. There's no point going off course every couple of days or at the end of every week or whatever because you're not going to get anywhere. You're going to go take steps backwards, if anything. So you've got to follow your plan. You've got to rinse it and then repeat it. So what I mean by rinse it is you've got to get every little bit out of that plan before you then do something different, okay? So if you've hit a plateau, then you change it, and then you go again, 
So rinse it, get every little bit of progress out of that plan and then repeat the steps that I've already said. Work out your calories. You might need to add a little bit more cardio in or you might need to be eating a little bit less. Create that new calorie deficit from where you're at. Don't get disappointed once you stop losing because that's good, okay? You're now maintaining a new low body weight or a new low um, dress size or size of whatever clothing you've got, okay? So just remember that that's a positive, not a negative. It's often seen as a negative, especially in diet clubs like Weight Watchers and Simon World. It's like, oh, you've you've maintained. It's like, oh yeah, you know, it's gonna happen at some point. It's good. You've maintained a new body weight. That's progress. It's great progress. So don't be disappointed by that. All you've got to do is just go back through the steps I've mentioned. Right, you're eating two thousand calories now. That's your new maintenance. Let's create a new calorie deficit. Right, okay. Can you now eat? Um, maybe 1800 calories a day or 1700 calories a day split that up into however many meals you want say four and then work out from there what foods are going to be fitting in as and when you don't have to plan each meal each day you can sort of go along as as, as you go if you like throughout the day that just makes it a whole lot harder i personally like to plan my day like say when i'm drinking my morning coffee so what foods i'm having uh, what times and sort of incorporate my training into that too um, but I've already cooked uh, my lunch that day the night before normally so I just cook two lots of tea it just makes things so much easier so guys that is it this is the podcast episode that will hopefully help you create your very own successful diet okay if you've got any questions any queries anything you're unsure about do not hesitate to get in touch okay right guys this is the end of the episode and this is also going to be a video so i'm going to slap this on facebook i think as well and i might chop it up and throw it into instagram too and maybe on youtube who knows going worldwide so guys end of the episode and remember make being progressive a habit